Okay, party people, back at it. Seth Glasser, my partner slaying the bricks at New York Multifamily. We're here at the New York Multifamily podcast. Joined today is uh, Mark Fells of Rampart Insurance, insurer of most of the multifamily buildings in the market. Uh, hot topic today as the market's moving quite a bit. So we wanted to touch upon some some hot subjects as it relates to this. And, and just to kick things off, I wanted to share an investor memo that I received for a property I'm personally invested in in uh, Alabama, a coastal state that I received a couple weeks ago. Um, quote unquote, we are writing you to update on current development, specifically our recent property insurance renewal. Unfortunately, our renewal could only be completed at 155% increase above our original year two projection from 166,000 to 425,000. This significant increase in insurance costs, which is impacting coastal properties nationwide, will impact our distributions this year. The property insurance market has become challenging for landlords nationwide and especially in coastal markets. The combination of recent loss events across the country and the surge in property values and replacement costs have caused many carriers to retreat from high impact markets with those that remain increasing premiums substantially. Regrettably, we were not we are not immune to these increases. Historically, when insurance costs surge, new insurers enter the market over time, leading to price normalization. However, this could take time, and there's no guarantee that this will happen. We will be suspending distributions for the rest of the year. Mark, I want my distributions. What's going on? Didn't expect the black swan event of an insurance cost to skyrocket from 166 to 425. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, even prior to the current inflationary environment that we're in, uh, even prior to COVID, we've been in what's called a, a hard insurance market. Um, now, with uh, interest rates and the inflation issues that we're seeing in this country, it's only compounded the hard insurance market that we have. Mm -hmm. So when you see a, a renewal that you just experienced on, on one of your investments, um, which I'm familiar with, um, the difficult part of that is, is it's coastal and there's just not a lot of capacity in the marketplace. And the reason for that is the insurance companies, as you just alluded to, have gotten hit pretty significantly over the last couple of years. In fact, over the last two years, 21 and 22, there's been over $100 billion worth of catastrophe losses uh, worldwide uh, that have hit the insurance markets. And so as a result of that, the insurance companies and really the reinsurance companies, if you guys are familiar with reinsurance, the insurance companies basically buy insurance for themselves so mm -hmm. that they don't take on mm -hmm. right. all the risk. And so the reinsurance companies now, because they've really got hit hard, are now charging the insurance companies a lot more money to take on some of that. Risk. So they're just are, passing the, on the cost down to, you know, they're passing yeah, and on, using on the cost. And the, re the reinsurance companies, these are like the Fannie and Freddie effectively of of insurance where they're yeah. right. They're yeah. back. They're backing yeah. them. Absolutely. And there's, there's a, there's a number of different uh, companies worldwide that are offering reinsurance to, to the Chubbs and the travelers and the fireman's fund and the AIGs of the world and those companies. So of course it just gets passed out. So what went through my head when I actually first got this memo and I commend, you know, the, the general partner by just acknowledging this, cause I think this is going on in other investments I have with different operators that aren't disclosing it. And all of a sudden just, you know, no one wants to bring up bad news. Yeah. Um, but what went through my mind is, is this the canary in the coal mine for insurance overall? Like, yes, now maybe this example is extreme and it's in a high coastal area, but is this just the 
the harbinger of things to come where insurance rates are just going to go up next on everything. And, you know, this is not something that necessarily we're underwriting to. Is this a phenomenon that's going beyond just the high coastal? It's very difficult to forecast too, because, you know, listen, we've been in this hard market and again, it just got compounded with our recent financial struggles in this country, but uh, you can't forecast it. And, that particular property is coastal. And anything that's coastal or we call catastrophic in an area that's catastrophic um, inherently is not going to have your standard markets. When I say standard markets, we call them emitted carriers, the chubs of the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the Zurichs, the worlds that are going to write those types of properties, especially I think, believe that's frame construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frame construction, there is just no capacity. It's not just coastal, it's, it's everywhere. Um, if, you're, if you have any kind of construct building that's constructed with frame, very little capacity, very little carriers that want to entertain writing it. And if you have high values you know, 30, 40, 50, $100 million in values, replacement values, what happens is we as brokers have to go then basically carrier to carrier to build up that stack to get you to that $100 million or $50 million, whatever the value. A multiple be. different wow. insurers so to get So it's a lot up. of different insurance companies as opposed to one insurance company that's going to pick up all that capacity. And so the insurance companies in the case where there's multiple, is it almost structured in the same way that Debt would be structured on a property yeah, where someone absolutely. has a first position, yeah, it's, second it's position. Exactly, it's exactly how it works. Huh. And the and the second position in the insurance is it similar to like a mes piece where it's more expensive? No, not necessarily. Uh, the first the first the first layer is always going to be the most expensive, and then it get should get progressively less expensive. It works the same way in liability, right? Not just property property rates. Um, we have the same problem now with excess companies, excess liabilities, or umbrella, or commonly known as umbrellas. Um, Historically, we used to have hundred million dollar umbrellas over over buildings, and it used to cost the the insureds you know five ten thousand dollars depending on the size of the building. A bigger building would be more. You can't even get that kind of capacity anymore. Gosh. Huh. So, so the insurance companies they're they're insulating themselves basically from damage that they're predicting, right? As a result of natural disasters, right? That we're talking absolutely, about. Absolutely. Yep. And what else are they what else are they forecasting that they want to try to avoid? So basically, they're just trying to clean their books. All these insurance companies are just want clean business. Mm-hmm. So people that even have no claims might necess- might, necess- might not necessarily get renewed. They might have to. We might have to replace their coverage. Right. You or, mentioned that California, New York, and what was the other state that Florida, a lot Florida. of carriers yeah. are just out of completely. We have carriers that don't want to write in California. We have carriers that don't want to write in Florida. We have carriers that don't want to write in New York. Really, more the coastal California because of the fire, wildfires and Florida because obviously the hurricanes. But also because we have too many attorneys, right? That's and correct. We have too many attorneys, and, and especially here in New York, where it's very litigious and, and the jury verdicts are, are just getting higher and higher and higher. So what you see is, uh, we also have a very strict labor law in New York, which I'd like to address late, a little later in the conversation because I think that's important for owners to understand uh, that particular uh, you know, issue. Um, but yes, we're losing capacity on the liability side, the excess liability side, where we used to have these, what we call uh, RPG programs, uh, real estate purchasing groups, where many carriers would come together and offer $100 million or $50 million of limits above a client's general liability policy. They're all gone. There's only a few players left. And every time we send a, a submission to them, it's almost an automatic decline, especially if they have violations. Okay, so talk to talk to yeah. us about you know in a typical New York City, what is the easiest property to insure, and what are the more difficult properties to insure? Is it, you know, what's so so insurance companies uh, are looking for depending on 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 the appetite, right? So if you're if you're talking about a, a, a you know a, a masonry combustible fire resistive building has sprinklers uh, and is in good shape and no violations, 
you're going to get a better insurance company that's going to want to entertain and writing it. And you're going to have an opportunity to potentially write uh, that $50, $100 million very inexpensively. Hmm. Um, what insureds are doing now is, is they're in working with my office and we're working with lenders, is going back to the lenders and saying, hey, your requirements are too, are too, restrict, are too restrictive. We need to, to and, and, the, and the lenders are familiar with the insurance premiums going up. So you have to negotiate some of these terms and conditions to try to get them to back off some of these requests for X amount of coverage on flood or X amount of coverage on liability, just because the premiums have gotten so out of whack or they're not even available. Right, right, gotcha, yeah. interesting. So, okay, so what are some of, so the leading indicators to sort of determine like back of the envelope, like, hey, is this is this insurable? Is it not insurable? So is it in a flood zone? Uh, is it frame construction? Type, type, type of construction is huge. Right. Uh, is it sprinklered? Is it not sprinklered? Uh, let's specifically for New York, does it matter the borough? Does it matter if there's rent stabilized tenants? Like really, really, like, really good question. So uh, yes, that is a, a huge, huge, huge part of the underwriting process. Um, anything that's affordable um, or low income housing is so not desirable in New York. Um, and it's there's so little carriers that want to entertain it. So you can go to 15 different brokers to, to market your risk. You're wasting your time because there truthfully is only a few markets that would even entertain writing it. Why? Why? For the obvious reasons. You have a declining asset. You have, you know, every tenant that, you know, is getting educated in all the ways to like file a suit against the landlord. It's just, it's like, it's- So this is, um, it's interesting. The insurance market in a way, it's impacted by natural disasters, the replacement costs, yep. which- in New York and California as a result of the labor laws and supply constraints, et cetera, yep. unions yep. are up. So the premiums are up. So you're ac- you actually have local politic- politics and legislation that is impacting your insurance costs. Oh, there's, there's no doubt that those are all factors. And, and don't, for, don't forget, you know, the social inflation factor is, is huge, with, especially in these litigious states that we were just talking about. Um, the environmental factors, you can't get around it. There's nothing you can do to stop it, right? We, we're, mm-hmm. There's so much uncertainty. They, they, that with with these storms that are coming in, in Texas they had a, uh, it was it last year or two years ago they had these freezing ice storms that caused a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so that that's that's you know these are things you just can't account for. Yeah, so you have I rem- I read an article I think it was in the journal maybe like two or three weeks ago that one of the insurance carriers in California I think you kind of alluded to this. Yeah. completely stopped writing homeowners yeah. insurance yes. policies. AIG in the state. AIG brand brand. Household name, right? Everybody yeah. knows who AIG is, right? right? They are getting out of writing in California. They're not writing Long Island anymore. They don't want to be out in the East and for the high net worth. They don't want to write out there anymore. So, so you're seeing, and it's already a small market for that for those types of, yeah. of placements, right? You only have a handful of carriers. When you lose a large option and like an AIG, it only allows the other insurance companies to to increase their right. premiums right. And, and take. So market. they're they're um, removing their market share. And mitigating their risk, correct. And as a result, they're probably are they they're losing revenue. So now, because they left California, do they have to charge everyone in uh, New Jersey more to make up that revenue? Like, they're is there all, is there all, some type of balancing? All of them are having rate increases. I mean, whether you're a, you're a build, commercial building owner or you're a homeowner, everyone or your auto insurance. I mean, New York just 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 approved increasing your auto insurance rates. You know, so the states have to approve these rate increases. Oh. The admitted companies, it, it's across the board. It's not just any particular segment of the marketplace or any kind of asset class. So, what would you have? What would you say? High level insurance has gone up year over year. Looking back, twelve months, and then what would you forecast insurance going up 
forward for 12 months? Yeah. So it really depends on, we get back to where we were talking about. Whether, Let's just what, talk about a typical yeah. 60 units rent stabilized apartment building in New York yeah, City. Yeah. I mean, brick. listen, assuming they're clean, uh, you know, they're, they can expect at least this year, you know, 10 to, 10 to 15% increases. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely am I delivering flat renewals. Okay, gotcha. This year, yeah. every year you need to get a renewal. Yeah. Every year I yeah. get a renewal, and we're, we're I forget hard, about we're it. A, just we're in increase. a hard insurance market. There's no flat renewals. Your premiums are not the same as they were last. Right, year. it's just unlikely. We try to get as close to, as possible um, to it if we can, but unfortunately, we're not. So right now, we're seeing on clean risk. What I mean is no losses. Uh, relatively no losses and, and a nice risk. You're seeing 10 to 15 percent. If you're uh, if you have any kind of hair on your account, most likely your insurance company is either non-renewing you or they're jacking you up in premium. You know, 15 somewhat times to 30 percent. I mean, I'm meeting later on today. I have a 10 building portfolio, uh, um, residential real estate, like we're talking about, um, and I'm meeting with uh, with the whole team there, and basically they're getting a 27 percent increase on their property insurance, wow. and they have no losses. Wow! This is a massive 27. I think it's about 2,700 units. Wow! They have no losses, and their carrier is raising their premiums by 27 percent. And the way they do that is, they want to increase the replacement costs of the buildings. So last year, the replacement costs of this whole portfolio was about 600 million. Okay. The insurance company is raising it to 700 million. So they're not changing the rate, but they're trying a little tactful workaround to Correct. get more money by just changing the insurable value. Absolutely. They want to, they want the buildings to be insured to value. Obviously with inflation, the cost of materials and supply chain and all those issues, it's more expensive to build. Right. And so they're using that as an excuse to to get more premium. So right. this particular client, I think one of the things, you know, when I was mentioning to you uh, when I was, I was buying a Montauk house, I, call, I called you a little late in the game because I think to a certain extent, the average Joe just looks at property insurance like a commodity. And part of the point of that of this podcast is to say this is a highly nuanced, very important line item that's moving dramatically. So walk us through like your ideal client and the ideal process. Do they contact you? How long before they're purchasing a building? Do they need to request loss runs from the seller? Yeah. Is that something that's making makes a big impact? And how long do you need to effectively you know, run your process so you get multiple insurance companies to bid out the job and compete over the business? It's, it's a good question. So it, it, you have to, especially in this market with the, the lack of capacity, you need as much time as you possibly can. So in an ideal world, we'd like to have, you know, six, six weeks, you know, you know, nine to ninety days okay. to be able to. As soon get, as we get, sign the contract, basically, yeah, to get ahead of it and get out to the marketplace, because then I can leverage carriers against each other. As if we're doing it sort of last minute, and believe me, we do it. Um, it, it gives us, it gives you and and us a little bit less leverage, meaning the owners, because you don't have enough time to to do your diligence. In this particular case, that where I'm delivering later, I have a little bit more time before the renewal, and we're still working some nuances. I still need to go out and get some additional flood insurance because the carriers are lowering their flood limits, their flood their, on their on their renewal. Mm-hmm. So I have to go out and get them some excess coverage. That's another thing I want to bring up. Bring up the carriers are are lowering their risk by doing that. They're taking, instead of doing 50 million in flood, they're only offering 25 million in flood. For, mm-hmm. This is a coastal property mm-hmm. down on by the seaport. So mm-hmm. I now have to go out and get excess coverage, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is you want to have competition right? so that you can use it as leverage. If you don't have any competition, and unfortunately on this particular risk, there's not a lot of competition because not a lot of carriers want to have the capacity to write $700 million in values. right? So it's an automatic decline. 
Wow. In this particular circumstance, I'm, I'm lucky that I actually have two competing carriers and I'm leveraging them against each other to try to drive that increase down. Yeah. So you're in the brokerage business just like we are. Someone doesn't call you like they're going shopping and just say, hey, give me what you got. You're actually, you're doing the brokerage job yeah, and absolutely. bidding it out and, yeah. and fighting for this the This is the hardest insurance market in my 23 years of being in this business. Wow. And we've never worked harder. And it's, it's, it's very, very difficult um, because every account pretty much has to be remarketed. It's not like I'm getting flat renewals or I'm getting, you know, reductions. Every every renewal comes in, it's coming in with an increase. So we have to fully market every account, um, which takes a lot of manpower. And so when you get when a client just gets the normal rollover, like I experienced, and I don't pay attention to it, it's just like, oh, your policy is being renewed at an increase. Like, is there an option to actually try to like get that down and just fight every single time or you kind of just have to take it? In this market, very difficult. In a softer market, which, you know, listen, it's cyclical, just like anything else in the real estate estate world. We happen to just be in a real hard insurance market a little bit longer than it it normally, that normal normal cycle is. Um, I'm hoping that there'll be more capacity that comes into the marketplace. Inflation will, will, you know, will flatten out a little bit and that'll just allow for insurance companies to start taking on more risk and being, and offering more competition. So that will, by result, lower people's Are they actually paying out claims? Like, right. It's not like if something happens, it's not like you just get the money from the insurance company, right? You got to go basically prove it to them and why yeah. you're covered. Are they, well, are you finding that they kind of try to skirt around it? I have a, an advocate uh, that, that a, I have a claims team of, you know, 20, 20 people I can go to that will help me, you know, negotiate and settle and work with the adjusters and the claims. And you got to do a lot of handholding. That's part of the process. That's why you, when you're paying a lot of premiums, they, the client expect it. So yes, the insurance companies are paying claims. I know there's a, you know, they don't want to ever pay. Which yeah. Some of them don't. Yeah. Um, that's why it's important to be p- placing the insurance with good companies. So as right. a mortgage broker, I guess this is what I think you're touching upon. You kind of stay with the property and the client. It's not necessarily similar to what we do where we like sell it and like, ah, forget it. You know, it's like, we're done. So yeah. if there's a fire in a building that you wrote a policy for two years ago, you're actually, when that event happens, helping make sure the insurance adjuster is seeing things the right way and trying to still kind of be an intermediary for Absolutely. that client. You have to be an advocate for your client because at the end of the day, especially at the time of loss, that's what they expect from you, right? And, and if you're not able to provide that service and just relying on the insurance company, sometimes the insurance companies don't do the right thing. Yeah. Right. So Interesting. Be on top of it. One of the things that we were talking about the other day was we talk to clients about insurance all the time and everyone's like their heads popping off about how the costs are rising so much. But we would talk to two different people who own similar buildings in the same market. And one person would say, yeah, like, I can't believe my insurance is $1,200 a unit. And then the next guy says, I just got a quote for 2000 a unit. So yeah. It seems like it's kind of all over the map no, and it's really no confusing as to why. I get that question all the time from 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 you guys, from owners. Hey, what's going to cost me on a per, on a per unit basis? It's impossible for me even to tell you that. Because there's different insurable values of what people are actually It depends like on taking. the values. It depends on where it's located. It depends on the asset, you know, and you know, listen, if, if you have a multifamily building with a restaurant at, at the at the bottom, yeah. you're going to be paying a much higher rate than someone that just has a gap store. Because of the inherent risk of a fire coming from the restaurant. Even if the building's fully sprinklered and Absolutely, all, yeah. all yeah. interesting. You're also going to get a lot more trip and fall claims because of, of the transient nature of a restaurant and things of that nature. So it really depends on a lot of factors. And there's just no way. I, I want to give them the answer because I want to write the business. But at the same time, you know, I got to be. You got to go out to the market and see. Yeah, you yeah. got to go out to the market and see. It's a, it's a very, especially in this climate, in New York in particular. Listen, we write all over the country. New York is is 
by f- one of the hardest places to write insurance, especially multifamily, because there's not a lot of capacity, even in a good market, that wants to write it. There's only a couple of real good programs that that all of your building owners are in. Is it the is the insurance company underwriting the building and the losses or the borrower? The bor- building. building and losses. Building and losses. Yeah. Got it. So it has nothing to do with the borrower's entire portfolio. If they have building A and building B, are they it's, saying, hey, you had a problem on building A, therefore on building B, we're going to raise your premium? Really good question. So we insure owners that own one building. We insure owners that own hundreds of buildings, right? And and the owners that have a lot of volume and have a portfolio are going to get a better rate when we go to sell that's the one thing that's important is we have to, we don't just throw an email to an underwriter and say, hey, just underwrite this. We get on the phone and we actually go through the risk with the underwriter at the carriers at each one of them. And we tell a story. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what differentiates us from maybe some other brokers. Mm-hmm. You have to do that, mm-hmm. especially with a large portfolio owner who might have a little bit of hair on, you know, might have had a fire or might have had a, a big water loss. Inherently, these things are going to happen. Water losses are the most common losses we see in, in, in buildings in New York City. Gotcha. You can't avoid it, right? So, and where does water go? It's just going to go straight down. So, a lot of units are going to be affected. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of times, what we recommend to our owners is, is if you have a portfolio of 50, 20, 30, 40, whatever amount of buildings they have, we like to sell that to the carriers at, at once, even if they, uh, even if they buy it, bought them at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that are dirty and that might have some losses on it, those maybe you might want to separate and take them out of the program right. because they will affect. Right, all the, the overall, other, all the other buildings. Gotcha. That's right. Do insurance companies ever do it, kind of like a pro forma or an escrow of some kind, where hey, I'm I'm coming in to buy, you know, buying a building that's an AP and full of lead paint and everything else. I know I'm going to be paying a very high insurance rate. Maybe it's uninsurable. I don't even know. But if I clean these things up, does the rate go lower? Like, do you kind yes. of can almost, you tell almost like a bridge? Yeah, yeah. So let's. It's getting back to the violations and things of that nature. Like, I, I have. We, we just did two deals, two two buildings with you guys recently um, on downtown Manhattan. Um, good buildings, but they had some violations. Listen, in New York, you're going to have violations. Right. You, just, right. you just can't avoid it. The insurance company wants to see that you're going to actually address them. Right. And so they they do their diligence. They, all these insurance companies, they they'll print up all the violations. They'll send it to our office. We'll send it to the prospective buyer. We'll let them know that this is a problem that needs to be addressed. Um, hopefully, they have a good property manager who can help them with those things. Um, yeah, but so they want to see that you're actually going to make those improvements. They're also at the time after you close, they're going to come and do an inspection of the building, and they're going to give you some recommendations. Some will be critical. Like I need you to have a fire extinguisher on every floor mm-hmm. or the sidewalk is really cracked and it's going to cause trip and fall. They're going to make you fix it. I get yelled at all the time by owners. Mark, I'm so, <laughs> yeah. I'm this, so tired. This, I have have to, you ever fallen from a crack in the sidewalk? No, I know. Has anyone actually? No, it's, this is it's, ridiculous. It's, just, it's, it's the ridiculous. after the fact thing. I just got like, you install a fire monitoring yeah. central system. I'm like, I, this is probably five hours away. I don't want to drive out there <laughs> yeah. and do this. I just, yeah. These slip and falls on a crack on the sidewalk. What do you, you, you scrape Those, your knee? That's believe ridiculous. It not, believe it or not. Like I said, we live in litigious New York City. This, these things do happen. And yeah. unfortunately, those claims could be multiple six figures. They can end your, yeah. They can this end is your, ridiculous. And carriers, if they see that and you have multi, and you have frequency, they're just going to get off the risk or they're going to jack up your, your premium. So uh, it's a very difficult thing. And it's difficult for owners because they have to put more capital improvements into these buildings that they weren't necessarily considering. Yeah. yeah these are things that are basically outside your control. Slip and falls, natural disasters. Uh, talking head politicians, like yeah. basically making your life more expensive Absolutely. in these litigious states. So, okay. So you got rising costs, you got things out of your control. 
uh, you have some insurance companies leaving certain aspects of the market um, by product type and by geography across the country. Like, is New York City going to be uninsurable in five or 10 years? Like, what's, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but to a certain extent, you have the litigious nature of where we live and do business, and you have the rising replacement costs. So, Will property yeah, uh, be listen, uninsurable? Listen, the this insurance companies are in the business of making money. So they'll always be... Yeah, it's just about cost, Seth. They'll, I they'll, mean, it, they'll always be just, around. Right? I think what we're just trying yeah. to assess is yeah. how do you forecast the, the right premium expense? Because on none of our models, do you double the insurance rate. Right. And, you know, that's part of why, you know, we're, we're having this conversation yeah. today is if, you, if you're out there and you're a listener and you don't have an actual relationship with a mortgage broker like Mark, you need to wake up and have one because this is an extremely integral part of the of the business. I have one kind of final, like just outside the beltway question because we're we're in the business of rent overcharges and the city just you know this, this uh, Albany just passed another law basically unlocking the overcharge risk maybe until like 1980s before the court probably overturns it again, but. Is there such a thing, and we've been hearing about a insurance company or vehicle for rent overcharge risk, is that pie in the sky? Is that way too early to ever be able to have an AIG or a real reputable company yeah. insure it? Or Listen, I think that these there's insurance companies and, and owners need to collaborate and come up with these, these design these types of products. I Big th- market here for that. Yeah, it's, there's a very, they're very much in their infancy. I haven't sold one yet. I, I, I think it's coming. Um, it's just a matter of time. They just got to figure out how to underwrite it. But like anything else, it'll be probably pretty expensive, right? Especially if that Regina ruling gets uh, overturned where your liability goes all the way back to, what is it, 1984? And the rents continue to grow. It's like there's no, you can't insure a nuclear power plant yet, right? Which is probably one of the reasons why we don't have one. But yeah. um, I don't know. Like that, that, it's a real problem in our business from a day-to-day perspective because you're looking, it's like a, it's a known unknown where you're like, hey, this is a liability, yeah. but no one's actually approached me with how, it. How do you underwrite it? I mean, how do you underwrite it? Yeah, how do you... That's, that's the difficulty, yeah. the uncertainty, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. feel thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, it's how good the deal is at acquisition. That's what we're going to have to confront. I mean, hopefully, Hochul vetoes this bill. Yeah. And I think the courts will definitely rule it unconstitutional regardless. It's just a question of, you know, what's this in-between land that we're in of like, they passed it at the state, Hochul might veto it, and the courts are definitely going to reinforce already what they've said, that this is an unconstitutional, complete thing to put somebody, if you, uh, you know, if the previous homeowner committed a murder in the house in 1980, right. in 2023, would you live in the house? Are you guilty of that crime? Yeah, like, that's- <laughs> give me a break. That's how crazy this shit is. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, Mark, this has been a fantastic, you know, 30 minutes. Again, listeners, you can find Mark Fells, Rampart Insurance, have this conversation, get out in front of, you know, whatever obstacles there are to come. And uh, maybe we'll have you back here in six months to update us further. Hopefully the market will be much softer. Thanks for having me. Guys. Thanks, Mark. Really Thanks, appreciate Mark. it. Appreciate it.